Welcome to episode 60 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. I'm so glad you joined us this week because I'm going to continue talking about money, wealth, finances, prosperity, all of it from a scriptural perspective. Why? Because it not only has to do with who you are in the kingdom of God and what God wants for you as a believer in this life here on the face of this planet, but also it has a lot to do with third heaven authority. I've shared with you many times that third heaven authority is actually how that all of the heavenly principles of God operate through our lives in a way that we walk in authority in every aspect. Yes, it has to do with binding and loosing when it comes to demonic assignments that are coming against you and that you want to rebuke a demon or rise up and take authority and a stand against influences that the enemy is bringing against your life. There are many such things that we have to deal with. It's also, yes, about the creative aspect of being able to loose heaven into our life, his purpose, his will, our destiny, walking out his plan for our lives, all of those kinds of things. But it's more than just prayer. It's about an attitude. It's about a heart condition, a belief structure. It's how we approach life in general. And that's one of the most important things about authority. You see, the power of God is the dunamis. That's the ability. That's the inherent power and ability to change things. But what about authority? Exousia. It is the right to do it. It's an attitude to do it. So I am staying on my subject very much about Third heaven authority, how it plays out in your financial realm. Now, last week, I asked four questions, and I wanted to address those specifically today. I want to talk about your attitude concerning money. First one, can you remember your very first experience with money? Can you remember it? I'll come back to those in a minute. Number two. Can you remember your very first feelings about money? Number three, when you became a Christian, what was the first attitude toward money that you felt in the church environment, the community of believers? Number four, how do you feel about money now? See, those are highly significant because I learned that. The Lord showed it to CK and I many, many years ago. And we sat down and we asked ourselves those exact same four questions. Can you remember your very first experience with money? And both of us answered that by saying it really was not the best experience. It was rather negative in some ways. Because what happened for me is, a, is that it was on the very first day of school. I went first grade. I realized, you know, mom and dad bought things before and I'd had a, a quarter here And there, in order to buy some candy at the local uh, store, those kind of things. But I didn't worry. I had no real experience with it uh, until that first day of school. And there was a person sitting next to me, another first grader. And this gentleman and I just struck it off gloriously. We were good friends all that day. And he loved me so much that he gave some money to me. Uh, Well, that's cool, you know. There's money. 
So on the way home, I got off the bus, and it was the bus stop was in front of that store. I went in, and I just bought the most candy that, you know, I had ever had uh, and enjoyed it. Well, later that evening, my mother received a phone call, and it happened to be the mother of this other boy that I was friends with and who gave me the money. And as it turned out, he had given me his week's lunch money that he was supposed to give to the, uh, the school. And I remember my mother saying that she would make up for it, so she, she was going to give money back and so forth. And I felt terrible because that first real experience of money is that it cost my parents something. I didn't understand about money. I was learning but there was something seated on the inside of me that money can bring pain. And it brought some pain to my parents. I knew they just didn't have all kinds of money to just give away. And here I had squandered this. And uh, so question number two, how did I feel about that? Terrible, terrible. And it really put something in me that I wasn't supposed to really enjoy or have money. And I didn't realize till I was a grown adult that I had never dealt with that. Well, now, C.K. had a similar experience uh, with money, and that is that as a child, she was relaying this to me, that there would be the ice cream truck that would come down the street, you know, and playing the music, happy, and all the kids would come running out and want to buy some ice cream. And so she heard the truck coming. And her brothers seemed to have money in their pockets. So they went running up to the ice cream truck. She didn't have any, so she went running home. She came into the house, and she was saying, Mommy, Mommy, you know, the ice cream truck, can I have whatever it was, a quarter, at 50 cents, whatever it was. And her mother hesitated, thought about it said, well, let me see. And she went and she dug through a purse and, and she just kind of hesitated long enough, ice cream truck is gone. How did she feel about that? Well, she realized that something was injected into her heart about money. And that is that this urgency, there was this anxiety over whether or not Money would be available, whether you could have money, whether she was supposed to have money, or brothers could do it, but how come she couldn't? There was something wrong with her. Was it that because of who she was that she wasn't able to buy the ice cream that day? And that lodged in her heart. And as adults, we're sitting there talking about this, and God began to heal those memories and heal us to the point that we had to break off that there was something wrong with us and realize that God, our Heavenly Father, wants to give all good things to us. And he's not going to make us either feel embarrassed and bad about it or worthless. He's not going to make us sit back in pure anxiety all the time trying to figure out how to get him to do it in a hurry so that we want that ice cream. And God healed our hearts. That helped us now in being able to go forward in life with a spirit, an attitude 
of prosperity. The third question is that when you become a Christian, what was it like, your first attitude you experienced in the church setting? Well, ours was that when we got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit just shortly after we were married, that the churches that we went to, they kind of looked at money as evil. They didn't talk about it. And there was this attitude again that was trying to come into us that, well, God doesn't really care. Those are things of the world, and you have to, you know, go after the things of heaven, and that's all that matters. Whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whatever, it's all circumstantial, and don't worry about it. We had to actually rebuke that and cast it out of our hearts. How do you feel about money now? I can tell you right now that CK and I both feel that it's God's will for us to have all that he has provided for us. And he has placed money in the face of this earth to come to us and to serve us. And that's very important, serve us. Attitudes of the heart determine what we do. You see, in Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, As he, a person, a believer, thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, you can't rise above your heart. Whatever you believe in your heart is what you're going to walk out in life. That's one of the reasons that I'm teaching this right now in this episode, is I want you to know that your heart should be set free in this area and not contaminated by the things of this world and by religionism and false doctrines and understandings or even woundedness and situations that you've experienced in life. Take those things to the Lord. Do it as soon as this podcast is over. Pray about it. Get delivered and walk forward because as you think in your heart, you will walk that out and be that. In Proverbs 4.23, It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Issues is just the springing forth out of your heart, your inner person, your inner man that is redeemed and born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, actually produce life-giving things to you. But the enemy can try to stop that. It's like a spring that's bubbling up, and the enemy comes along and tries to put stones in it to keep it from flowing. Those stones need to be removed by revelation of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you at this moment, and then by those stones being cast out of your heart. Remember, sometimes we have to cast the stones out so we can walk in what we have been revealed by the Holy Spirit, what's been revealed to us. Other times, the revelation itself is powerful enough that it breaks and it casts those stones out all by itself. In Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. Your heart determines your future. It determines what you do. It determines the level of third heaven authority that you walk in, and it determines how that authority is applied to your finances. 
attitudes determine altitudes. How high can we go? What can we achieve in these areas? You see, you can never rise above your attitude in any given area. That's what holds you down. Your heart belief structure is the ceiling of your activity, your accomplishments. Attitude is the single most powerful personal tool that we possess. Money is the single most powerful non-personal tool we possess. Some people would argue with that. Now, it is a tool. It's a non-personal tool because money represents the power of exchange. That's what we use money for. Uh, I realize that we have a lot of things on the inside of us that comes out as influence on other people, you know, the power of the kingdom, the word of God, how we treat them, so forth. But money is the tool that is usually used in order to open it up. For example, right now I'm preaching to you and hopefully influencing your life in a wonderful, godly way. But it's only because of money. It took a lot of money for me to get here, to be on this podcast platform, to have the equipment to be able to record these podcasts and to bring them to you. It took money to do that. The more money I have, then the greater ability I have to be able to use those personal things to influence and to help others. Our attitude about money determines how well we use this tool. It is a tool. It's nothing more than an inanimate object. Listen, be careful what you think. It will become what you say. Be careful what you say. It will become what you do. Be careful what you do. It will become who you are. And be careful who you are. It will become your future and your destiny in life. We have so much power and authority over those things. We have to accept it. And we have to walk in it. You see, the sky may be the possibility but our attitude is our limit to achieving the possibility. We have to change the belief structure that's within us. That's why in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, this is my paraphrase, is that it says to renew our minds, our attitude, our heart, our belief structure, by the word of God. If we don't, then the world is going to conform us into its image and its limitations. But we remove those limitations by allowing God to occupy us and his revelation to become that which motivates and inspires us so that the sky is indeed the limit, the possibilities and we can go forward in those things in God. Were you aware that attitude is the sum of your character plus your faith? Our attitude should be influenced more by our faith and the presence of God in our life 
than just by the circumstances and even the character that we have. It overtakes all of those. It massages. It works it together so that the attitude will cause us to rise gloriously in God. It takes more courage to be prosperous than it does to be poor. In Joshua 1, verses 6 through 8, he talks about that. Be very courageous. You see, that kind of courage in prosperity is very important. It takes more courage than it does to be poor. Anybody can be poor. When I say poor, I'm not talking about the amount of money that you have. There are rich people who have a spirit of poverty, poorness. And there are people with very little money who have a spirit of prosperity and richness. See, it's all about the attitude, and the attitude will affect then those conditions of life. It involves as much decision, time, and energy to be poor as it does to be prosperous <laughs> because it's all about the attitude. Now, some biblical teaching on attitudes concerning money. And again, I want to reiterate that it's not about the amount of money that is the issue, but the attitude that you have toward that tool. In 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10, if you don't have much money, then definitely avoid greed while you are prospering. It, don't lust after money. Don't greedily do anything you can in the flesh, but believe God for it. In 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19, if you have a lot of money, a great deal of money, then avoid haughtiness and pride and be willing to share the wealth with those that are around you. In Proverbs 10, verses 15 and 22, money by itself is neither good nor bad. It can be either a blessing or it can be a curse, depending on your attitude, not on the money, your attitude. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, and then verse 33, the point is not things, but what you seek or serve, because Jesus was talking about all these things. He's referring to clothing, food, all of the things that you need in life. He said, don't worry about those. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. It's not about the things. It's about what you seek and serve. Uh, don't serve mammon. What's interesting is the word mammon there is not perfectly synonymous with the word money. It's actually the word mammon was the name of an idol that the surrounding nations around Israel served. They had an idol named mammon, and that mammon was a god of money. They served the god of money. They worshiped the god of money. They loved the god of money because they thought he'd give them more. And so you can't serve God, our Heavenly Father, and the idol. No, you serve God, and then you make money serve you. Because it is under you as a tool to be used to leverage 
all things in the natural realm. The Apostle Paul also in Philippians 4, 15 through 19, and in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 10, basically he said this, if we use money as a tool to build God's kingdom and to bless God's people, God will increase our money, our talents, our blessings. When you do it right, it pleases God and he can use you in such wonderful ways. You can't give somebody else that which you do not have. That's true about spiritual things. If you're saved, if you are walking in the Spirit, then you can share those things with others. If you have money, you can share that with others. God wants you to have money. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to develop a godly attitude about money, about your prosperity. Remember, it is God who has given us the power to obtain wealth, that he might establish his covenant on the earth. The power of wealth establishes the things of God. When it's done right, and it's done through people who will believe him and in true humility will accept everything that he has for them. I want to pray for you about it. Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, as I pray for all of the listeners today, I can tell that their hearts, Lord God, are just craving you. They really desire to have everything that you have for them, Lord. I ask that the Holy Spirit by the word of God and by the revelation of God, would open their hearts, that you would take the limits off of their attitude and their belief structure today, that their faith would rise and they would see the possibilities that they have in you all about money. You know, none of us have all the money that we need unless, you know, maybe a few billionaires. (laughs) But even as I look at them, Lord God, I realize that you can turn them into doing the things of the kingdom of God and utilize that money. That comes into us. That's a wealth transfer into the body of Christ. But all of the listeners right now, Lord, what about them? What should they do? What is their destiny? How much money do you want for them to have? Now, I phrase that question in a specific way because people are thinking, how much money does God want me to have? You know what I really think it is? How much money, Lord God, are they willing to believe for? I ask for the limitations to be removed, and I bind that spirit and that attitude poverty and fear off of them. And Lord God, I just pray that there be a spirit and an attitude of prosperity. The sky is the limit. We'll believe, and by faith and patience, we inherit. We grow in it. It takes days. It takes weeks. It takes months and years to fully develop and to see things coming in that we were believing priorly. But the point is, We surrender our attitudes about money to you right now. And we are willing humbly to accept 
what you've given unto us, that we might prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. And we stand in third heaven authority now to make sure that it comes to pass. In Jesus' blessed name, amen. Join me in future episodes by subscribing to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. Walk in spiritual authority concerning money. Be prosperous.